This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Are headed to the World Series. The Diamondbacks have won the National League pennant. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And joining us now is Sean Zarillo of the Action Network to help us set the stage for the World Series between the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. Sean, we first got to talk about Arizona here. You talked us out of betting on the Phillies to sweep the Diamondbacks, so thank you very much for that. But when it comes to what the Diamondbacks did right in that NLCS, what impressed you the most that makes you believe that they can at least contend with the Rangers in this next level? Well, I think Brandon Fodd is their best pitcher. And I don't think people recognize that Brandon Fott is an ace quite yet because of the results that they see baked into his earlier season results. But Brandon Fott is an absolute bulldog. He led the minor leagues in strikeouts last year, started the AAA championship game. And you've seen that translate now into this postseason, not only the stuff, but his calmness. And Zach Allen, Merrill Kelly, better command than Fott. There's going to be nights still, I think, where Fott struggles with his command. And We'll see how he's able to get these Rangers hitters to potentially chase out of his zone or not chase outside of his zone. But the first five strikeouts that he recorded last night against the Phillies, not a single pitch was in the zone. He had a called strike low against Schwarber. The other four were chases on pitches below the zone. So Texas is going to be to be very patient with Fott. Curious to see if they walk against them. Still considering betting his over walks props in his start against the Rangers, but he will be at home. Uh, and he's been much more comfortable at home as well. So, the, the Diamondbacks have, to me, a third starter, where the Rangers, the question, is their third starter in Max Scherzer and what he's potentially going to give them in this series. So Diamondbacks have the pitching advantage to me. Uh, it's slight, but they do, um, not only in terms of the starting pitching advantage, just having a slightly deeper rotation, because I think Gallon and Kelly can kind of match Eovaldi and Montgomery, and then I would take Fott over Scherzer and injured Scherzer at this point. And once you get to the bullpen games, I actually think Arizona has been able to consolidate their bullpen down just a little bit better and has long relievers, I trust, a little bit more than the guys coming out of the Texas bullpen. I would take Ciccone over a guy like Dane Dunning. So Texas's pitching advantage, or I should say Arizona's pitching advantage, I, does, I do think makes this series competitive. I still favor Texas in five out of the seven games in the series, and I make them about 60% to win the series. So about minus 150 implied. I don't see value with relative to the series price. 
the best number you'll find on Arizona right now is about plus 150, plus 155, which for me is a break-even number. I need closer to about plus 170 if I was to play them to win the World Series. And then just like, like extrapolating that out into other props, I haven't found value yet on any of the series props. You know, Texas to win 4-1, 4-2. Arizona to win in a specific number of games, the over six and a half games, all of it is in alignment with my projection. Usually I find one bet that stands out. I've been pretty much in agreement and in alignment with the Rangers and their pricing throughout these playoffs. I think I bet against their first five line once, bet on their first five lines, uh, bet against them in game seven with Houston. That number ended up moving towards where my projection was. So I've really been in agreement with Texas throughout this playoff. Um, and it seems like in the World Series that there isn't too much of a disagreement there. With regards to the game one line, we can talk about that more in a moment, but I think it kind of determines whether they start Jordan Montgomery or Nathan Evaldi. And Montgomery throwing in relief on Monday leads me to believe they might start Evaldi, uh, but they have not announced as of yet, and we will see. But uh, a mostly right-handed Arizona Diamondbacks lineup might be more to Texas's benefit to go with Evaldi. Sean, let's talk about how we got here. And if there's a way for us to look at baseball betting with futures that can help us in the future. Um, there are a lot of people that are like, oh, they got to change the rules. See what happens. You got the wild card teams in. Nobody's going to watch all this stuff. And, you know, hand up. We talked a lot about when looking at World Series, looking at pennant futures, the ability to win your division, to have that path. Well, we got two wildcard teams. We got one team that barely made it in, and they needed a lot of luck in Arizona to get in. Yet Philly last year, they were also a six seed, just like Arizona this year, that made it to the World Series. And it's not just the format. It's baseball. Random things happen. You want to have the hot team. Like nobody would. I keep hearing how, oh, Texas, Arizona, and I'm part of it. 1,750 to one for your World Series matchup. Okay, where are the tickets? Like I haven't seen a ticket yet. You know, even three weeks ago, these these exact matchup, Texas over Arizona, or vice versa, four hundred and fifty to one. Three weeks ago, is there anything to take away from just this massive surprise of a Texas Arizona World Series? Disregard what teams do in September. I think people want to bet on the teams who come into the playoffs hot, and it's been proven time and time again. You don't need to be hot coming into October. You can limp into October, but you just need to get hot once you're there. So kind of disregard the hot team, right, the hot hand coming into October. I think a lot of people had thrown Texas away, potentially, because of how they collapsed in the final week and the way they lost their division, and then obviously ripping off all of these consecutive road wins, I think is extremely impressive. But, you know, if, if you don't think Texas was one of the best teams in baseball this year, you weren't paying attention. I'm sorry. Uh, I think it's a bad take to say that the Rangers weren't one of the best teams in baseball. This team was consistently coming back on people throughout the year. Go back to their, I believe it was their opening day game. Uh, they were down large and had like a seven run rally. This, this team was coming back from huge deficits throughout the entire season. So I'm sorry. If you don't think Texas, the Texas Rangers were one of the best teams in baseball and a deserving team of playing for and winning the World Series, you're not a baseball fan. Straight up. The Arizona Diamondbacks are the second team in baseball history to, to potentially win the World Series with a negative run differential. There's a bit more of an argument for that. Uh, I believe it's the 87 Twins are the only team to actually do it. Um, this is also the third World Series we've had between two wildcard teams. And the other two happened before the expanded format. I think the first was the 
the Giants and the Angels back in 2002. The last was 2014. We are going to start seeing this more with the increased wildcard format. There's just more possibility for it to happen with three wildcard teams being in each league. So this will not be the last time we see a team make the postseason or make the World Series, I should say, that we don't all view as a deserving favorite. But I think we need to all look at the NL divisions or the, the Western division is underrated. And I think we, we overlooked how strong those divisions were throughout the year, the AOS and the NOS. We were all focused, maybe it was East Coast bias, on the strength of the National League and American League East. And it turned out that the Western teams were the ones playing for to go to the World Series at the end, you know, aside from the Phillies. So I'm curious what would have happened if the Dodgers and Phillies had matched up, if the Dodgers would have looked like a better team that we thought potentially coming to that series. And frankly, if the Phillies had made the World Series, I would have been very nervous about them going against the Rangers. I think it was obvious that their bullpen was not as deep as I might have thought it had been going into that, you know, NLCS. And it ultimately turned out that Thompson trusted about three or four relievers at most in that pen. And Craig Kimbrell, a guy who cannot hold runners, became unusable against that Diamondbacks team. So, yeah, I think the biggest takeaway is, you know, ignore teams who had a poor September uh, and then our, you know, first day to October. And then also the Western divisions going forward. I think we have to upgrade those teams and continue to maybe keep the, uh, the central divisions uh, down a peg compared to the other four. <laughs> on the heels of that in talking about you know your takeaways from seeing the diamondbacks and rangers in the world series is there any adjustments that you're going to make when you're betting your futures um specifically or you know anything else that you're going to do maybe from a game to game situation that you've learned from this situation so you know going forward um the best bets i placed throughout the year were all in season like snuggle win the Cy young uh you know, other futures aside from my Braves futures at the very start of the year, which was my best bet coming to the year. You know, I'll still have some futures. I'll still have some player futures. But I think I might cut down on my preseason card next year. Uh, Diamondbacks to make the playoffs plus 450, plus 425. I bet that during the first week of the regular season. There's stuff that you could see with these teams. And, you know, when I'm watching every game, I feel like I have a much better finger on the pulse of what's going on. But, yeah, I think my preseason futures card next year will be smaller. Uh, and I think I'm going to look to add more aggressively to things that catch my eye throughout the year. Um, you know, there are certain markets, right, that do not stay open. Uh, RBI leader, runs leader, stolen base leader, things like that, hits leader. You kind of either have to bet at the beginning of the year or you can bet it at the all-star break or you can't bet it at all. So certain markets I'm going to look to have action in, but others like World Series futures, pennant futures, I'm just less inclined to bet stuff at the beginning of the year now unless I think I could get – some sort of long shot number that's never going to be there again. Uh, you know, I, I bet the, the Brewers a few years ago at 75 to one in the preseason, and they ended up winning the central and making the playoffs. I believe that was the pandemic year. I can't recall, but there's, if there's some ridiculous number on a team who I think can make the playoffs that I want to bet in, you know, March, February, I think I'm still going to take that. But beyond that, betting these teams that, you know, 10 to one to win the world series, even if I think it's going to go down to eight to one, I just don't know if I want to hold those tickets for that long and build up that much for futures card throughout the season anymore. It's, it might change the way I attack things uh, with this expanded format, but also I just feel like I'm finding personally better opportunities in season. 
Sean, one of the things that I've done, and this was years ago, was I looked at the difference between regular season baseball and postseason baseball as far as what won games. And it certainly seemed like in postseason baseball, because you're facing many more starters, maybe they're not there as long, but you're facing many more starters, especially when they're coming on in relief. Small ball seems to help in the postseason just a little bit more. So maybe in that respect, this Diamondbacks run should be perhaps a little less surprising. Still surprising, but still maybe a little less so if you include that context does in does that intuitively make sense to you do you feel like that yeah the diamondbacks maybe have a slight pitching advantage but do you feel like the way they can manufacture runs is there an advantage to be had there and perhaps are there ways to bet on that going forward i don't know you know i I do think they need to be aggressive with the steals in the world series you saw game six and seven they finally started running on philly and put a little pressure on them but they also really didn't start running until they had a lead. They ran early, I believe, to get the first run, uh, getting Carroll picked off and him still being at second base safely was pretty incredible. It shows the level of Carroll's ability that he can get picked off and still be safe. But Jonah Heim is pretty good at throwing out runners this year. Um, he was okay the past couple of years. He was much better this year. I just think Arizona needs to keep being aggressive on the base pass. And they keep flashing the stats Sarah Lang's posted every day, but basically since 2018, teams who win the home run battle in postseason games win at an 84% clip. I believe Arizona lost the home run battle last night and won. That was one of the few instances where it did not come to fruition, but it is close to like an 84% clip when you hit more home runs than your opponent in the postseason in the past six years. And Texas does have a clear power advantage in this series. I think the guys on Arizona who can keep it close power-wise, Christian Walker, we have not seen a ton from this postseason. We can talk more about MVPs and award bets and all that stuff in a second, but if you're looking for a guy who's a juicy odds for home run leader, RBI leader, World Series MVP, I think Christian Walker sitting fourth in that Arizona lineup is the one guy who could potentially flex and hit three or four home runs in a seven-game span and keep the power differential you know, relatively even for Arizona. So, yeah, that, that home run stat kind of points to me saying I don't think small ball wins as much in the playoffs as people think. Um, I really do think – the home run ball is just so key with this pitching being so good. You don't get as many walks. You don't get as many guys on base. And that one big swing really does tend to change the outcome. But if it's going to come down to the home runs, if Arizona is going to keep itself alive in this series, I think Christian Walker is the guy. And then otherwise, I'd be looking at stolen base props and guys like Corbin Carroll and them to just be very aggressive on the base path. Because that's probably the only way they're going to be able to manufacture runs otherwise. It's just staying aggressive with running. They were – had the second most steal attempts on on any teams this year. So uh, them not running basically until game six against Philly was kind of surprising. Uh, the fact that they still pulled the series out too without running for the first five games also surprising. Love that Mitch Christian Walker, one of two names that I wrote down for World Series MVP. Your friendly reminder, you don't need to be a star. Last year was Pena. Two years ago, you came on the show, said Bet Solaire 40 to 1. He ends up winning. We've seen it with Pierce. I mean, random names can pop out. You mentioned Walker. Any other names that you like for MVP? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, you know, last week you guys had asked me who to target for MVPs. I think it's whoever starts game one for the Rangers, uh, Evaldi or Montgomery. Uh, You saw Montgomery come out of the bullpen in game seven for Houston. If that game had been a little bit closer, I think he keeps pitching. So the blueprint blueprint is already there for Bruce Bochy. You know, use your starter in games one and five, and then again in game seven, or maybe for the World Series, he goes on short rest one, four, and seven with which with other of these three guys, or whichever of Eovaldi and Montgomery he chooses, and you just completely avoid using a four starter now that you're at the final series. So, yeah, the game one starter for Texas, I think, has to be an MVP bet just because of the possibility that they could pick three times and get three wins in the World Series and get the Madison Bumgarner World Series pass. Uh, the other players I consider, and, you know, normally I do not like to target favorites. I like to target my long shots. But if the Diamondbacks win this series, Corbin Carroll and Cantel Marte has to be something, uh, pro- and probably something significant. So it, it's really the top three Diamondbacks hitters. Uh, you know, Marino as well. Marino, RBI leader, I saw 22 to 1. That caught my eye with where he hits in the lineup and the amount of times he could potentially be hitting with Corbin Carroll on second base. Uh, and then on the Texas side, as I mentioned, Jonah Heim started hitting much better later in the ALCS, but also the stolen base thing. And if he throws out a bunch of runners, from behind the plate. He cuts down like three steals, four steals, and just shuts down that Arizona running game and pops a couple of home runs. I could absolutely see Jonah Heim getting some consideration too. He's also a switch hitting catcher, so he's difficult to platoon against with the lefties and the righties as well. So Jonah Heim, I think, is an interesting consideration of 33 to 1. Going to play every day. Uh, switch hitting catcher who can also throw runners out. I think he has different ways to contribute. Um, but, you know, it's, it's really it's difficult to bet against the goalies for MVP, home runs, any of it, because these high percentage fly ball power hitters, when they get hot, they stay hot. And it's been proven in the data time and time again, but he was awful earlier in the postseason, I believe, and then caught fire late in the ALCS. But these guys throughout the season and throughout major league seasons, they tend to binge and they hit 10 home runs in a short period of time. And then they go cold again. So, I'd have a difficult time betting against the goalies, you know, for any category, MVP, home run, but the odds are so short for MVP uh, as Tier as well. I don't see how you don't try to find other long shots you might contribute. But, yeah, I'm usually looking for guys hitting in the top three of their batting orders or the number one starters on each team. And a couple of years ago, we got Jorge Soler hitting leadoff at 40-1. to 1. You know, those prices do not pop up often. So uh, I think you just kind of have to look for something at 18-1 to 1 or higher if you really want to get involved. 